0: Hello and welcome to the Matthew Clark interviews podcast, where we sit down with the industry's key figures. Today, we're talking to Alastair Rimmer, winemaker at Kleiner Zalzer, the award-winning South African winery. being here today Elissa. Uh Thanks for meeting me. So just a couple of questions to get to know a little bit more about the area and about yourself as well. So you're a Stellenbosch through and through. Uh, we nearly considered doing this interview in Afrikaans but that might be a bit hard to, to listen to for some others. But can you tell me what's so special about this region?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not 100% Stellenbosch through and through. I grew up just outside of Johannesburg and went to school in Johannesburg. But once you get bitten by the bug in Stellenbosch, you're done forever. And uh, I happen to come down here and get bitten by the bug. Not only the Stellenbosch bug, the wine bug too. And yeah, obviously that's why I'm here. Yeah, Stellenbosch is just a, a really special, unique sort of place. It, for me, is some of the most beautiful winelands in the world there are lots of beautiful winelands around the world. I'm not by any means saying I was better than anywhere else but it's got a uniqueness to it and I always whenever I've traveled and you know I've lived abroad for quite a bit you know, reach all reasonably sized swaths of my career whenever I've come back if it's just to visit or now on a more permanent basis the mountains and, and the mountains I always just sort of go back oh my mountains as I refer to it and yeah it is it's, it's this beautiful little university town with a sort of cool wine vibe going on it's got that mixture of sort of old classic and young hip vasty sort of vibe and yeah it's the epicenter of the south african wine industry and mm. it's beautiful it's it's the place where i fell in love with wine and yeah, I'm now fortunate enough to be making wine and I, I couldn't be happier, I think it's a really cool spot. Yeah, yeah
0: looking at a beautiful mm. view every single day,
1: isn't it? Yeah, are worst places to make wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you did touch on this quite briefly, mm. you've been, been working abroad quite a mm. bit as well, now you've been working in Spain, New Zealand, uh, working in the US for a world tour of winemaking, mm. what did this really teach you about the winemaking that you really applied here at Kleiner Salsa?
1: Whether you're making a full-on Turbocharged Australian Shiraz or a super elegant Burgundian Pinot Noir. Um, the common thread that I've picked up in every wine country I've worked in, you know, and that is literally from the Barossa right through to you know, New Zealand, some cooler climate areas, is finding balance. All the great wines in the world, whether they're very elegant, low alcohol, even like Moselle Rieslings, you know, these very delicate light wines that high acidity with a bit of sweetness to turbocharged Barossa and Barnstormers. Great ones, have supreme balance. They find you know, balance in their own style. And, and so when I look at wines and when I judge wines and because of my diverse experience, I think it's given me the ability to see beauty in many different styles of wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate what the Australians were doing uh, and the Californians are doing and everywhere in between. Um, I appreciate their aesthetic. And while it's maybe sometimes certain styles aren't quite what I my personal favorites I don't mark them down I appreciate them for what they are I s- evaluate them from what they are and try and see why people enjoy those styles and and, and again that helps me f- see balance because you know as you've seen today visiting a few of vineyards, we've got quite diverse terroir in a relatively small geographical unit here mm-hmm. at Kleine and you know I'm dealing with fairly broad spectrums of, of fruit and styles and If I try and pigeonhole them all into one style of wine you start losing the identity and the personality and and personality is also important. It's a hard thing to pin down more what does personality taste like in a wine but it's amazing when you see a wine that's got that sense of place it just feels right. Mm -hmm. There's no word that I can pin on it it just feels right whether it's entry level, price point or super high end the wine feels right and that's usually a wine with personality and a sense of place.
0: I think if you start, you know, making wine out of all of those different terras, if you want to make, you know, three different wines or three different varieties and all made in the same style, then it will be making wine as opposed to growing wine, what, what you mentioned you're you're very much behind. Yeah, Because exactly. you can't grow a wine by yourself, you can't choose how to grow the wine, you, you can choose how to grow it, but it will grow depending on... All of all influences that you don't have.
1: Exactly. I mean, we can, as far as we want in the winery, try and manipulate what what's coming in. But when you start over manipulating, and I think the term we use is overworking the wine, you start losing some of. And I I mentioned it, that identity. and, And you touched on it, is making the wine. One of the worst misnamings and misconceptions I have in my job is my job title as wine maker you know winemakers that make wine are generally not very good winemakers mm-hmm. you know, the best winemakers are the guys that understand their vineyards understand their terroir understand what they can achieve within that terroir unit and highlight the best qualities within the fruit that arrives at their wine uh, we nurture it we try and again accentuate the best qualities and balance the flavors, balance the textures, get ultimate balance in the wine, and and when you find that right balance in a given vineyard, and sometimes it takes a number of years to sort of figure it out and figure what what is balance in that vineyard. It, it's not like a one and done. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a vineyard, there's the wine, Bob's your uncle, and away you go. Mm-hmm. You know, we walked into that Shiraz vineyard that we sort of identified after working for it for ten years and actually overlooking it for ten years in the last three years we've said Mm -hmm. hang on there's potential here and we haven't been realizing the full potential of this vineyard there's something to be realized and year one we made very exciting wine and year two we made another step on an evolution. Funny enough qualitatively I don't think as good as the first effort because we tried and moved it in a style and we moved it too far the one way and in 17 I think we've we've managed to find the middle ground where we need to be and and, and that's what it is. Yeah, I've traveled and I've hopped around in my career. I've been a bit of a flying winemaker, but I also understand the value of being at a place. And that's why essentially I came back to South Africa. In my 10 years abroad, I I didn't ever leave South Africa to leave South Africa. I sort of went to get experience and landed up not coming back very quickly. I I never planned to be abroad that long. Mm -hmm. But then obviously the the opportunity to come back to Kleine Zolze and come back to Stellenbosch, Mm -hmm. the place where I fell in love with wine, it was just uh, a huge opportunity for me and, and I couldn't be happier. I love the South African wine industry and I think over the last 20 years it's come on in leaps and bounds. If you look at the quality of the wines that are coming out of South Africa, and unfortunately I think at it, far too competitive a price point. I think we've been pigeonholed as the value proposition. But I think now uh, the world is starting to realise the quality of our top-end wines and irrespective of price points they prepared to sort of, I won't say pay for them, but understanding the value of those wines and and we're starting to compete with the best wines in the world and people worldwide are starting to see us as a quality producer rather than a volume producer. Pinotage is going through a revolution. Yeah, I mean there were many years of a lot of poor Pinotage being exported and and again I think it was more wine makers not understanding they were trying to make it like Cabernet or trying to make it like Shiraz but Pinotage is Pinotage. Yeah, and they we were had trying to, make, to make, it Pinotage.
0: make red wine as opposed to Pinotage. Exactly yeah. and
1: we had no no one to follow there mm-hmm. you know we got a bit of direction from for Cabernet from various other regions we got Shiraz direction from other but no one else had Pinotage so we mm-hmm. had to figure it out ourselves and we bashed our heads against the wall a bit but you know, Pinotage again I've, I've not been the biggest component of the variety in my career there are some amazing wines starting to emerge, yeah. it's Schwartland all over, it's actually doing well in a number of different terroirs in South Africa, mm-hmm. which is exciting and then obviously uh, I mean some of our Chardonnays have been highly rated, some of our Sauvignons, although New Zealand sort of got that sort of new world sewn up, we're still making some great Sauvignons and then obviously my sort of you know, pet project and love on the side is Chenin Blanc. Yeah. and I'm really excited about our Shannons coming out of the country at the moment.
0: Yeah, so because we've got quite a few um, wines that we stock from Plain Salles, mm. so 18 in total, mm. now I think the core of these are really the, the cellar selection range. Yeah. So how would you describe this range of cellar selection wines? I
1: think that's one of the big things is we've said in South Africa it's a big hurdle for us is that we, we've got to get out of the, the cheap lower-end sort of wines mm-hmm. and we've got to have quality wines but that are available and accessible to more than just one or two people. We're making great small volume niche wines, but having that sort of high quality, larger volume wine, which quite often is sort of people don't believe you can make high quality and large volume, but it is truly possible. And our seller selection is exactly that tool. It's those wines that we want to be accessible to the public worldwide. Say, listen, come experience the great wines of South Africa and Stellenbosch and Kleiner yeah. Kleiner Zalzer is not so much about us as it is about the greater South Africa and Stellenbosch. We are proudly, obviously a Stellenbosch producer, but Brand South Africa is important to uplift the whole brand. If the the whole brand is doing well, we'll be doing well by the the nature of the the beast. We'll be dragged along with it and we want to try to be a leader, helping to drag Brand South Africa along and seller selection is a super valuable tool because they come in at an accessible price point. People might not be familiar with South Africa, might not be familiar with cleanless Salsa, but at a moderate price point they're prepared to to try something new. Whereas if you say at double that price point, they're less inclined to gamble. You know, we all ha- to work hard for our money and we don't mm-hmm. want to just give it away on something that isn't going to turn out good. So that, that it gives it a, a from many levels, a volume point of view, a price point, point of view, and they super accessible wines. And what we try very hard on the cellar sessions is to make them a true reflection of a South African Chenin Blanc or Cabernet, whatever the variety is. We make a number of varietals in the cellar selection range, and they're those wines that, yeah, it's a bit of a cliche, can be enjoyed on their own or joined with food. But genuinely speaking, yeah, we, we love the food and wine lifestyle. That's who we are. That's part of wine. Isn't meant to be consumed on its own. It's meant mm. to be consumed with food, in our opinion and our cellar selections are those wines that you can really take home have a glass of while you're having cooking dinner have a glass with dinner and are really true to what we believe South Africa should be.
0: Right now we're, we're having a nice glass of, mm. of some family reserve so that's another range that, mm. that we have in, in the UK I think if, if I'm correct those are really the flagship wines of the winery sure. we've been talking quite a bit about those today as well sure. and they're not always produced?
1: No not at all reserve. I mean just to, to sort of put it in context we've got the cellar selection and we source fruit primarily from Stellenbosch for that but then we source from other regions in South Africa so most of the cellar selection wines are wine of origin Western Cape so although the core is Stellenbosch it's not exclusively Stellenbosch fruit you know to really just to make sure that we get the right quality and style year in year out there we then have the vineyard selection range which is primarily Stellenbosch fruit Um, uh, the Cabernet the Syrah um, and the Chenin Blanc are wine of origin Stellenbosch uh, the Chardonnay has a tiny bit of Robertson fruit in, also just to bring a bit of a mineral element, but it's 85 plus 85 plus percent, depending on the vintage um, Stellenbosch fruit. So they, they are Stellenbosch focused wines, but they're a blend of unique parcels throughout the Stellenbosch region, sort of to get the best of Stellenbosch. And then the family reserve wines are, are sort of really special, I don't want to say single vineyard wines, but all of them are based around a single parcel of fruit. And then on a given vintage, if needed, we blend back a, a small percentage of another, another parcel just to get a better wine. Um, but, for example, the Cabernet, the Shiraz, the Chenin and the Sauvignon Blanc are based around a single blo- vineyard block. And year in, year out, that's the, that's the base. And if needed, we'll tweak that. But they are made in very limited quantities because they single parcel blocks. Um, and most years, on any one of the four family reserves we make, Uh, We don't ever really produce much more than about 500 cases. Obviously if we could make 1000, 2000, 3000 cases we would, but Mm -hmm. we're not going to sacrifice quality. And as you alluded, on on a given vintage, if we're not happy and we don't feel the quality is there from that specific base vineyard block, we just won't bottle it. Uh, We'd rather skip a vintage than than put a, a bad family reserve out.
0: Now, I've, I've got a feeling that, you know, your your family reserve is a little bit your, your baby. But I'm going to ask you anyways, mm. what wine, from all of the, the wines that you've got at Clonazos well there, would be your favourite?
1: Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. It's, uh, yeah, we make a, a big cross-cut of wines from MCCs, from sort of fresh and fruity, more accessible wine to more serious sort of... For lack of better words, and I don't want to sound like a wine geek, but intellectuals or wines that you think about and sort of have with food and see how they develop over the evening. Um, so it's difficult, and it's it's kind of like asking a mother for about their favourite child, and they'll never admit to it, but they all have a favourite child, it's mm-hmm. for sure. I don't believe it. I'm not well. I'm not a father or a mother. I do have sort of soft spots for certain wines. Quite often, I'm more proud of some of our more entry-level wines, for lack of better words. You know, I look, for example, our our cellar selection Chenin Blanc, which we. Obviously, we sell a lot mm. of in the UK through Matthew Clark, uh, amongst others. We sell around the world, we sell in South Africa. And you know, putting that wine together is, in my opinion, far more work and it's far more blood, sweat, and tears than putting the family reserve together. As the family reserve, we're taking a really beautiful little parcel of uh, uh, vineyard, we're wrapping it in cotton wool, we're nurturing it, we're giving it all the TLC it needs, we lovingly put it in the bottle. You know, when we do the seller selection wine. We're doing that exact same process with up to 50 different vineyard blocks. Now you know, and we try as far as possible to give all our vineyard parcels the same quality of service so to speak, the same attention levels in the winery. So the family reserve block, obviously we know this is a great block but there's lots of other great blocks that sometimes surprise us and make a wine qualitatively as good as the family reserve block and then in certain years Will be blended in to, to mm. lift the quality of the families or improve the the, the balance, or whatever it might be. Um, so we don't really have particular favourites. We try and treat them all equally. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm I'm i wouldn't say more proud, but I'm 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 more proud of the half million bottle blend of Chenin Blanc because, damn it, it's a it's a world class wine. Um, but if I had to pick one wine that I out of our portfolio that I drink more often than other wines. Family Reserve is this very sexy, voluptuous shin and, and it, it is super cool, super delicious. But there's, there's a vibrance and an electric sort of mineral element in the vineyard selection that we've worked on over the years to, to, to build that sort of tension in the wine. Mm-hmm. And, and I really enjoy it. And I also find when I've got a table of wine, uh, non-wine people and wine people mixed around my dinner table, it, it keeps more people happy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's. Le- I don't say less offensive. That's the <laughs> wrong wording. But yeah, you know, it, it it's sort of it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. It's sort of got that zesty mineral freshness of the Sauvignon Blanc drinkers, but the rich, ripe, heavily oaked mellow drinkers will not be completely. I mean, it's not heavily oaked. It doesn't have any malolactic. But there's a texture and a density to the wine that yeah, appeals the to them Chardonnay. as well. Yeah. That a lot of Chardonnay drinkers say, I don't drink Chenin Blanc will try this wine and go wow this is really interesting they see a whole new style of wine that they like.
0: You've you've touched briefly on the vineyard selection, we've Mm. we've spoken about the cellar Mm. selection as well as the family reserve, Um, vineyard selection apart from from the Chenin Blanc, what do you feel makes these wines stand out as a range?
1: I mean the vineyard selection wines I I honestly believe are, are some of the best value for money wines in the world mm-hmm. and I don't say that lightly and I don't say it flippantly and I'm not trying to sound arrogant uh, if you if you want to summarize the range and the Cabernet probably the highlights it best is that bridge between old and new world um, it, it's got a beautiful fruit purity it's got density of fruit and it's it's got a ripeness to it that hints to new world but there's an underlying uh, textural freshness on the palate not herbaceous but there's definitely a, a slightly savoury edge to the wine that reminds you of Bordeaux and then the tannin profiles are super elegant and so we've got that sort of I think that balance of bright commercial new world appeal and old world class and elegance on the palate and, and I think that's a really cool combo because like I said I've, I've been fortunate enough to work across the old and the new world and I, I admire both styles and to be able to capture that and I think it's a genuine sense of place. I don't think we try and make our wine somewhere in the middle. I think they just naturally land up in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and that's pretty cool. And, and those vineyard selection wines are, are, for me, really what I love. I love that sort of slightly more elegant, understated aesthetic of those wines. The family reserves are beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. Very bold, punchy wines. And, and, and you know, they're, they're great. Um, yeah, you know, they are a lot more expensive than the vineyard selection and you know I'm I'm just a simple winemaker at the end of the day I, I, I appreciate good value as much as anyone you know well, often people think you're winemaker oh you just drink fancy wines all day mm-hmm. I don't you know we all know what fancy wine prices look like we can't there's very few people in the world that are going to afford to drink fancy wines all day long myself included and so I appreciate the unbelievable quality of those vineyard selection wines and and I think a very moderate and fair price point. Mm.
0: One final question then, uh, before we close off. Mm. In your opinion, what would be the future for both yourself as well as Kelowna also?
1: I wish I had the crystal ball and could answer that that, that for you accurately but I think Stellenbosch was sitting in somewhat of a comfort zone and I think we've realized that you know we've got to up our games. If we Mm. want to keep relevant and keep with the times and keep on a global context being relevant and I think that's, that's our future at Clenazolza is to, we, we're uniquely positioned uh, as a South African winery. We are a fairly well established brand in a number of markets around the world and locally. Um, we have the scale of economy, we're not too big, but we're not too small either. So we have that ability to be one of those brands that South Africa needs. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of others around and I could list a number of them but we've got the, the scale of economy, we've got the brand identity, we've got the quality of wines to, to start showing the world, and proving to the world that we can make really great wines Good, yeah,
0: yeah I think that's really a wrap. To find out more about Clowness Salsa, visit the Matthew Clark website or speak to your account manager And don't forget to join us next time when we will be chatting to Andrea Freebro, Seller Master at Niederberg.